Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. My name is Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 191 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Dahi is finally back in the studio. Hello. What's finally. the crack, man? How you doing? Good. It's, it felt like it's it's been ages. It's been it? quite some time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've been very busy. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think you've been on since you put out the album. Yeah, it hasn't let up either. It's like that classic thing where it's just like, um, you know, when like just before an album gets released, you're kind of like, I'm so like ready for stuff to kick off. And now at this stage, after a couple of weeks, I'm just like, I just want to go home and play video games that's all i want to do <laughs> death stranding yeah. yeah yeah but uh yeah it's been great it's been really really good we're doing a lot of shows and stuff you went to the button factory show thank you for the very did nice indeed words. craig did thank you for the review how do you feel about that uh, i felt fine it was grand <laughs> like the the shows are like from i think i started that night at like 1 a.m or something like that today. 20 to 1 yeah yeah so like i as you get older the more i find that like just all of my friends don't go to my show. Oh, anymore. I can't handle it. Yeah, absolutely. Late. No, I shouldn't have been there at all. It's ridiculous. Like, it's it's mental. But uh, I was up in the balcony shows. looking down at people dancing, being like, fair play to you. Thank this. God there was a balcony. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But, uh, balcony saved the day, yeah. It was great. It was unreal. This live band thing has been great. The um, live band's fucking great. And I'm not like, this is like, hey, man, why are you so brilliant? You're my mate. But legitimately, the live band, I, th- I really thought brought to the next level. Uh, everyone involved, like yeah. Sinead White, Elaine, Alva. Alex, everyone, fucking unreal. Just yeah. like really, really a different thing. And also, I think particularly from my point of view, I really enjoyed seeing you be a lot kind of freer, I suppose. Yeah, It yeah, didn't yeah. feel like you were kind of, like not, not so much like rushing to be in 16 different places at once, but it just felt like you were able to enjoy it more. No, but you're bang on. Because like, usually if I'm playing a solo show, it's like I have 
uh, loop stations going on with violins. I have like synths and stuff, and then I have like Ableton Run at the same time. And there's like a million things, and I've never gotten to look up before. But but with this new live show, I've just been able to like look up way more. I think like the first time we did like a full band show was like Electric Picnic, like two years ago, and uh, it was the first time I ever got to like look up for Mary Keynes, which was like mental because I hadn't crazy. seen it after years and years Jesus uh, but, uh, yeah. but yeah and it's really really good and it's really good to have like even like Elaine on stage has been my mate for years Sinead doing the vocals the whole way through has been amazing and then Alex who's my new drummer who's absolutely incredible I had I had drummer envy yeah for sure really yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh there, there's my past life he's just he's, he's so good. good he's, he's really good we yeah. did we did other voices in, in Wales and Cardigan last week and uh, myself and Alex went over in the car and it was it was deadly it was really, tell me about other voices it was really good yeah so uh uh, other voices have started doing a lot of shows kind of outside Ireland a little bit more. They had a show in Berlin, they had a show in, in London, um, and they decided to do a show in Cardigan in Wales. I don't know if you've ever heard of Cardigan before. I never had. It's like the most remote <laughs> place <laughs> I can possibly imagine. Uh, it's basically right on the coast uh, of um, of Wales. It's actually easier to get from Cardigan uh, from the east coast of Ireland than it is to get from England to Cardigan. It's like, because you get a boat across and the roads are so bad in Wales and there's, it's so far away from everywhere that it's like, it's almost more connected with Didn't our side than it is Didn't you get like a else. ferry at an obscene time of the morning? I had to get up at half four, but that was because <sighs> I had to drive to Ross Lair to get, to get the ferry. So, you know, it's all, it's all in the game, man. It's what do you listen to on a car ride to Ross Lair at half four in the morning? Uh, what did I listen to? Aphex Twin. Uh, I probably listened to some Song Exploder. I think that was when the Slipknot Song Exploder came out. Naturally, I enjoyed that episode. Yes. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and when we got down, and then and then you drove across, uh, and Sinead was doing a gig in Manchester the day before. Um, so she came on the Saturday. We did two shows. So she came on the Saturday for other voices, but her train got cancelled due to flooding. So I ended up having to drive to collect her from another part of Wales, and like. Without the trains, Wales is fucked. Like, it, like I had to drive six hours like to get her and like bring her all the way to. Back so to you uh, regretting this band thing yet? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of course, yeah. then I said I, I like her, all of her travel was from there. Like had to keep going and yeah, because you can't say no. Yeah, but like, but Cardigan is is basically like Dingle. It's like really, really nice, like rural kind of seaside village, kind of really, really remote. It's unreal. It how are the really how are the locals? Uh, locals were lovely yeah yeah lovely lovely Welsh people they all sp- spoke Welsh like it was like really you didn't understand a lot was going on it's a real Celtic language so it was really strange because um, I understand a fair bit of Irish and uh, it sounds like people are speaking Irish but they're speaking in gibberish at the same time so it's like it feels really really weird but uh, the Welsh acts were really really good there was one act called Celeste I don't know if you've ever heard of Celeste um, who was amazing and uh, even Sinead was saying on the way out like one of the really interesting things about the Welsh music scene is that it's actually quite similar to the Irish music scene and that there's like a huge amount of quality that is not massively represented on a on a world scale if you know what I mean um, there was like loads of really really good Welsh acts who were playing uh, and then we did the kind of the late night shows both nights and yeah it was it was unreal but their voices is always great like it's a, they always look after you so well and yeah it was deadly Hayden Thorpe was amazing Lancome it felt like a real like like a like a I don't know they were, it felt like a Kanye moment or something like that when they came in people were like losing their mind it feels like it's their moment now yeah absolutely it's it's an unbelievable record and I think any any producers from Ireland in any genre should be listening to the Lancome record because like the the way they're taking like traditional sounds and turning it into something that feels almost like um 
it almost feels like synthesis. It almost feels like these like big dark electronic moments, and there's no electronic stuff on the album. It's like it's incredible, and like people should be taking that as influence. I said in last week's episode that um, the previous record they had out two years ago, I was in the Choice Music Prize panel that year, and it didn't make it into the final considerations, which surprised me. Then I thought it would have been in the last kind yeah. of run of records that you really kind of hone in on. Cannot fucking see that happening this time. Yeah, I mean, I mean the buzz around this record is quite valid. I, at its strongest points, I think it's genuinely something otherworldly. So it's incredible. Even like that that opening track like freaked the shit out of me. I was like terrified. <laughs> like it's really scary. Like it's properly and like it just like there's something really special about taking something that everybody knows really really well and completely turning it on its head. Um, that track Katie Cruel on it as well is like. It just adds this whole new layer to it, and I think it's absolutely incredible. So really you're cool. also on a bit of a roll of momentum. What else is coming? Uh, so I'm going to be doing a BBC session with Kid Philippa and the Belfast Gospel Choir um, on Sunday night for BBC Radio, um, which I'm preparing all this week. Um, and then Cork is after that, so we'll be playing in the Cypress Avenue with the full band. Um, and uh, the, yeah, so that's the Friday after that. Um, and the short film that I did the music for this this week is also being aired at the Cork Film Festival that same day. So if you're coming down, you can have a big a big dahi day, a big dahi themed day. <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? Uh, you'll also hopefully be present on the 15th of December, Sunday the Absolutely. 15th of December in the Workman's Club for the No Encore Quiz of the Year. I don't have the page set up just yet to buy tickets because I'm <laughs> under a lot of pressure at the moment. <laughs> Uh, pressure including uh, doing a big interview that did really well let's talk about it shall we oh, that's yeah. right I'm going to plug my own fucking oh my interview God. why not uh, I've been talking about this interview all weekend with uh, with my band is that right yeah, so who are we talking about uh, so you interviewed Danny from the script Danny O'Donoghue from the script uh, legend absolute legend Oh my god <laughs> Yeah so for Joe And uh, the name of the article Is a quote from him Which is I'm still trying to write the song That'll save the world Which is what he said to me Among many other quotes That were legitimately Jaw dropping um, I've been asked a lot of questions About this one yeah, uh, for, So for anybody Who hasn't read the article Can you recall Any of the major quotes like, uh, Off the top of your head Sure I mean well, The ones that people Have kind of seized upon Is at one stage When he was saying Like you know He was talking about people who begrudge his band and he was saying oh they don't write their own stuff yeah we do oh they don't produce their own music yeah we do line me up another Irish band that does what we do you know like uh, writing producing concepts for music videos tours uh, you, you can't do it you show, won't be able to do one it more name me one more band <laughs> And I didn't do it in the moment. And just to give some context for this one real quick, and I know this is incredibly fucking self-indulgent, but you know, people did read it, so maybe people want to know about it. Uh, with regards to the interview itself, I was initially quoted a time of 12 minutes, and I went back and said, no, I need more. I was originally only supposed to interview the guitarist and not him. Then the guitarist was sick, and my plan was interview the guitarist and then go back to the label and be like, hi, by the way, get me a phone call with Danny, I need more, because I wanted to write a long piece regardless, you know? Yeah. And my editor was like, look, I could fucking take or leave an interview with the script, and I was like, I know it's going to be good. Did you see that terrorism interview? I know it's going to be good. <laughs> and But on, on, this isn't me, this isn't gotcha, and I don't think I buried the guy at all. No, you didn't. Um, it's like the picture of this thing. I was like, there's something yeah. here. There's something here. They're larger than life. There's a huge ego in play. Put me in front of these people. Give me fucking an error with these people, and I just want to chat to them. And yeah. like, whatever comes out of it comes out of it. And if it was boring, I'd be like, okay, cool, I write a five hundred worder. But it wasn't, was it? Um, so in the end, I got twenty minutes. I pushed hard, and I got twenty minutes. Yeah. But even during that time, I was like, he's going, and he's fucking going. Like you know, he's a freight train, and he's saying stuff like this. 
And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I've got two options here. One is interrupt him and say, uh, literally every Irish band or act ever, what are you talking about? And Or, or be like, girl band, Tan and Felix, Mango, Mathman, Dahi, like, Bantam, Racing Anna Family. Like, like uh, that, that's the first seven names that came into my brain right there, okay? Yeah. There's a lot more. But, but if I did that... Two things would happen. Either he goes, yeah, you're right, let's talk about that, and it derails the conversation, or he just doubles down and keeps going. It's like, I just think it'd be a bit boring, and, no, a, wa- and, and a literal com- waste of time. I completely agree. I mean, the whole, like, it's if not you have agree- somebody like I, that, I don't agree with them. I, I would describe it as the same thing that, that, and this might sound as an insult to you. Please, please, <laughs> but, yes. But the Zane interviews with Kanye. <laughs> sure. To me, like, that's like, he, he's just like agreeing with everything that yeah. Kanye says so that you suddenly get these like crazy You're facilitating the person. Exactly. Like, and that's, that's, to me, that's good journalism. That's not every like, interview. Like, yeah, I mean, that's because fine. You're you're taking the worst thing you could do is put yourself more and more into that interview, and then suddenly it's the fucking the Dave and Danny show, and that that's Don't not get what me it wrong. I like be. the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's do that one but next time. It, it, my one of my takes on it though is, do you think like so he's he was doing like a kind of a press junket for something? There was right? tons of journalists in there that day. Okay, yeah, and then I would hazard a guess that most of the people who were interviewing before. Uh, were not covered in tattoos and had earrings. And <laughs> what are you trying to say? Looked like a looked like a rock chick, like yourself. A rock chick. <laughs> okay. Do you think that when you came in, he was like, "Here's a fucking like a music journalist." Like, I like, don't I think gotta, so. I'm gonna fucking like go for you it. You said this off mic, and I, I that's a fanciful and nice idea. <laughs> I think he's just like this, to be honest. I mean, who knows? I, I yeah, but they, nobody else got the same thing that you got. I don't right, know. I mean, they? like, I like to be fair, to give a shout out to my former stomping ground uh, in a positive way that I never ever do, the Hopper's <laughs> interview is by Peter McGoran, who's actually a very nice guy, is similar. Like, he got similar quotes. But again, I, I think ultimately, yeah, there was a lot of, how do I put this nicely, uh, superficial people there that day who wanted to talk about his love life and I didn't give yeah. a fuck about that. Um, whatever. So, yeah, I'm like, it's more that, like, I, I don't, it's a nice thought that he was like, okay, this guy listens to music, I want to impress him. I don't think that's what it was. I, I, think, I think I think he, was. I think he was just, let's go for this. I think he goes with, with anybody. He was on the fucking Late Late Show last week and it was ridiculous. It was, but, I, it was also ridiculous. But he is ridiculous in the right way. I, I found him very harmless. Now, what happened was, interview comes out, <laughs> Um, sorry, just to back up, by the way, the other part of, of the interview where he talks about, you know, I should be re- reviewing my own records because I fucking sell records. You shouldn't be doing that, yada, 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 bit critics. Dahi, do you really think me, who finds that to be the worst argument of all time, you can't report on a football match unless you're <laughs> fucking Ronaldo? It's so stupid. Of course I shut my mouth for a reason there. I was like, what, the, what was the point? Like, there was no point. He's not Leo Varadkar. <laughs> like, I'm not like, where's the money going, Danny? You to put like, him to task. Like but it. some people thought that I did, and I understand that. I, I saw like some reaction. I got some reaction. Like, first of all, thank you to everyone who shared the piece. It did really well. As you know, with these pieces, when you work hard on them, uh, and you put them out into the world, and you go on Twitter and whatever else, you want them to have legs. You want them. To, it's like an album for for you guys. I mean, like like it, that, that's the closest I'm going to fucking get to putting out music. You know, it's like here's a piece of I, I had those quotes in my back pocket for fucking seven weeks. You know, I, like you knew. Yeah, I yeah. read them out in the fucking fucking pub to you. You had a fucking sheet walking around. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was like, like who wants to see this? <laughs> who wants to see this? And then I, I was like, I have to stop doing this because someone's going to hear about this, and they're going to yeah, be like, it's on the and the interview is going to be like cancelled. <laughs> The label, by the way, uh, said they liked it, which is which is kind of funny. And in fairness, really? they had seven fucking weeks to stop me. I, I saw a couple of fans on Twitter, like script fans, who were like, "You said who were who were kind of who were kind of like, yeah, I totally agree with everything he's saying. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This is great." Like, I remember you saying to me about the picture of this piece. You were saying the ultimate goal here, not for me, but this was your take on it. You were like, "The ultimate goal here is to write a piece that picture this fans will like and picture people who hate, who hate them will like." Um, I think with the script, when I did that, I think a lot of script fans are sharing this around. 
unironically. <laughs> and a lot of people are sharing this around being like, have you fucking seen this? It's out of control. But the, okay, so the thing I got out of it, mm-hmm. and we were probably talking about this for too long. That's but fine. Like, no, 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 but, no, no. Uh, I, I've earned it, man. I, <laughs> uh, my, the way I've clocked this guy, Danny, now is yeah. basically that. Uh, so he obviously has a chip on his shoulder that the script is 100% right yeah. he's he's obvi- and he's like one of the most successful bands in the world and yet he's crazy insecure but it, yeah and it's like this kind of thing of um which is kind of beautiful yeah you know? it's kind of great it's a human thing it's but fine. like but then there's this amazing thing where he it sounds like he doesn't feel like he's part of like the irish scene well, or not. something and then he turns around and goes like show me one other band that was kind of shocking yeah. like so so that's he's clocked like he he hasn't he hasn't like like Included himself by actually taking an interest in anything, yeah, yeah, but also feels hard done by by not being accepted to be fucking the next U two, which is really fascinating. Isn't it's it? amazing yeah. compared to somebody like U two who has a track record of like supporting Irish acts for years. To be like, fair, script have taken some bands under the wing, Wild Youth or whatever, but but, but kind of like miniature versions of the script, right? You know? Yeah, they're not going to go out there and be like, hey. and I, and you know, and this is this is a leap now, but also I don't know if that was Danny's decision or if it wasn't like okay, you're, you're making a bit decision. of a leap there. That's right? a that's a leap, but like I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it. Doggy the journalist over here. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so the point is, the, yeah, you're right. We are, we're spending a long long time in this. I'll wrap it up now. I will say that the people who criticise me not challenge them, I understand that totally uh, because. A if lot you had of, more time, you might. Well, a lot of Irish musicians got annoyed, and rightly so, because they felt dismissed. Um, but I also kind of feel like you're being dismissed by a pop star who's in a different sphere. Like it, it shouldn't. What harm? Like, well, some people got really mad about it, and like that's fine. Like, I think, I, I think it's I healthy think, conversation. I think it would be mad to try and look for recognition from Danny from the script. Like, I mean, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, this is mental. I don't know. I mean, like, ultimately, I, I came away from it. Like, I came away from it on the day itself. I found him. Bizarre and endearing, and <laughs> yeah. super charming. He does seem endearing. He, he, he is. genuinely does. I, I've been rooting for the guy, yeah. but also it's funny because I'm like, oh, like I mean, like he, like he, he's. And fuck- you say that in the article, and yeah, and I'm like, oh, he's fucked up. But his version of fucking up is being a millionaire and like, <laughs> like being massive around. He's fine. He'll be okay. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was a fascinating piece to work on. I'm not saying I got it 100 right. I don't think I got it 100 wrong. I, I, I think it's a good piece. I think people liked it. Uh, I think the quotes speak for themselves. It was fun to put together. Uh, I literally, I was having fucking anxiety dreams about it, man. I got up on the morning of the Saturday and I put it out. And I literally, I, I finished it at 10 to 11 a.m. I put it out at 11 a.m. That was my Kanye West tribute. I was like, <laughs> okay, here it is, done. <laughs> it's good. It's out. I'm, I'm a fix the third paragraph. <laughs> I'm not. Going, I'm not going near this again. But yeah, uh, like it's 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 great when you have those pieces happen. So thank you to everyone who uh, got involved. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, apart from that, uh, there's a new No Popcorn out. We did Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's another one coming soon. Let's get into the news, Dahi. Uh, do some it. reunions this week. My Chemical Romance are coming back, yeah? Hooray! Not happy. Uh, I don't care at Fuck. all. Uh, uh, they but they don't seem to be releasing any music or anything. No. Uh, they initially announced a reunion show in Los Angeles in December and have now added some more. They will also play in Australia and New Zealand in 2020, which to me says world tour. It feels like the exact right time for them to come out on it because there's been this kind of, there seems to be like a little shaking of like the emo, emo tree. revival, yeah. right? Like, yeah, shaking of the emo <laughs> tree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it really title. does feel like that. The, right? The, this year, like it seems like it just like more and more people have been talking about, oh, do you remember that time? Like, yeah. That's good. That's, yeah. That's, so I think that's, they've, they've uh, nailed the exact. It's a right level time. of business savviness up there with Danny O'Donoghue. The script. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and tie every news story to him. Do you think he's a fan of Rage Against the Machine? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Okay, because they're coming back as well. Yeah, and that's great. That's unreal. They also cancelled their other bands, didn't they? Uh, there was a side band, Prophets of Rage, Prophets with of Rage, Chuck right, D yeah. of Public Enemy, and I believe one of Cypress Hill, which wasn't very good. 
Wasn't it? Nah. It was your standard, like, Tom Morello riffs and, you know, whatever, like, anti-capitalist. Was it very much like a live band? It felt like it was quite... It was fine. They, they put out a couple of EPs, shows. but it just felt very, like, your dad kind of stuff. It was fine. Like, <laughs> like listen, I mean, like, Rage are obviously a fun band, but, like... I, don't I, know. I remember seeing Rage Against the Machine in an Oxygen one year. Was it 2008? It was, because I went. That was my first ever Oxygen. Really? Play, that was they... my first ever Oxygen. Oh, man. Oh. We were there, and we didn't even know Star-crossed. It. Incredible. Uh, I was standing in a big load of crowd, and we were like, oh, we won't we won't go too far forward, because it's going to break out into mosh pits. Yeah. We're like, okay, cool. We'll stay, we'll stay <laughs> safe back here now. It'll be grand. Uh, and then uh, as soon as they came on, the entire crowd as far back as like the food stalls was like, there was literal like <laughs> mosh pits everywhere, like all <laughs> over the place in the bathrooms. There was, it was insane. It was unbelievable. It was great. It was my first ever festival. I went purely to Rage Against the Machine. They were the last act on the last day and uh, prepared for rain, you know, like it's going to, it's going to lash rain, it's going to lash rain. So did that. Didn't prepare for boiling hot sun, which randomly occurred on day three. I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. I got fucking ruined. And also, you had to go down to the pit, right? Queue up, get in the pit. And then if you leave the pit, you got to queue up all over again. You yeah. don't get like a pass or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember people used to queue, especially in Oxygen, they used to queue like like two acts before the act they wanted to see and shit like that. Yeah, so basically, yeah, because here's what happened. I missed out on seeing MGMT. Remember your man climbed the fucking thing? I missed yeah, that. Yeah. I missed Flog and Molly and I missed Band of Horses. I wanted to see all those three because I was like, I'm getting in the pit for rage. It's why I'm here. It's why I'm here. So I queued up to see the Kooks and <laughs> the Fratellis and then the Kaiser Chiefs who, to be fair to them, the crowd that was that was the height of Kaiser. But the crowd were like fuck Kaiser Mania. That was the height of the, Kaiser Mania. Was, what are you gonna do when Kaiser Mania <laughs> run, runs after you? There was a guy who like pissed in a pint glass and fucked it at the Fratellis. <laughs> Rage fans were like, no, like that bill that day was the Coronas, the Kooks, the Fratellis, Kaiser Chiefs, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> it was like what? Who the fuck programmed this? So I was like, I'm not losing my spot, but so I'm standing there and I'm also like starting to burn up and I'm like, I feel like I'm really like I might have like heat stroke or something, but I'm not missing Rage, man. <laughs> Kaiser Chiefs come on and kind of like beckoned the crowd on and like Circle Pits broke out ironically but it also just made it, made it look like Kaiser Chiefs really cool yeah, yeah. and then eventually Rage come on and it's dark and I'm praying for rain I'm like I need rain I need water I'm dying what's Did happening no rain. not really and then like you know like if, if someone so much as like touched me on the arm it was like ow and then I'm standing in the middle of the fucking pit for Rage Against and I'm like, this is a bad God. idea. And it was a bad idea. I lasted about eight songs, and then I was like, I have to get out of here now. Bye. Eight songs is pretty respectable. It's for pretty a shocking, though. yeah, yeah. And then I got like so sunburned that I basically look like a fucking wallet for about two weeks. <laughs> it wasn't I, good. I have a call for a support act for Rage Against the Machine. <coughs> is it my chemical wrong? Is it the script? No, no, it's not the script. <laughs> Go no. on, uh, Denzel Curry. Oh my god, that'd would be that not fucking be fucking amazing. incredible? You're only saying that because you did that cover. Yeah, of, exactly. Which Imagine is they bring him out. Like, yeah, that would be so cool. That'd be unbelievable. And like. Like his delivery as a hip hop act would be so good. With, yeah, like raising his machine. So they're doing a non-European day. They're headlining Coachella, the worst festival ever, and they're also <laughs> ha- I say having not been. Um, also, doesn't suit a raising his machine. No, it doesn't. But and they're doing a bunch of American dates. But and that's it. That's all we know for now. Um, you know, fingers crossed. I guess they come back. It's one of those things where, like, I mean, look, listen, bands way past their creative spark prime, but at the same time, they can do a slain. The thing that really bothers me about Rage Against the Machine and reunions and stuff is that, like, it's not like you guys are short of inspiration for a new album, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. do one, please. Especially now. Plus, Zach Delarocca. We Rocca, need Rage Against the Machine we do need more than ever. Zach Rocca has allegedly recorded an entire album produced by Trent Reznor that will never see the light of day for reasons unknown. 
which really? upsets me more yeah, than anything. Yeah, that sounds unbelievable. Like, and he put out one track with uh, that LP produced about three years ago called "Digging for Windows," and it's it's grand. It's not like groundbreaking, but it's still really good because it's fucking Zach Tellerocca on an LP. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Run the Jewels obviously popped up there. He yeah, did his one yeah. day as a lion thing. He's still great. Let's have some more music, please. Uh, do you want some more music from Ed Sheeran, though? That's the question. Oh, I'd love some more music from Ed Sheeran. Good news. His manager... <laughs> might be overdoing it slightly. His manager, Stuart Camp, who has managed Ed for 10 years, has said that the singer-songwriter's fifth studio album is already underway, but it might be some time before it comes out. Why is that, Dahi? Uh, because... Uh, why is it? Tell me why. Okay. Uh, I, I will. find my way in this sheet. <laughs> uh, because uh, they won't let anything come out that's, quote, substandard. Discussing oh, right, Ed's yeah. long writing and recording process, Camp explained, we've done that on the previous two albums where we have to keep going until we absolutely know that the thing we come back to is undeniable. And that's a lot of work. Ed will make a record and we'll just push, push, push. And the last three weeks of recording we've done, the bangers just come flying out. Is that how it was for you as you were finishing the off ba- Lost? The bangers did just come flying out. It was... <laughs> As as Orla Gartland said on your Twitter account, it, it sounded quite dangerous. It does it sound was, quite dangerous. It's quite, yeah, it's quite yeah. Dangerous. Uh, we're very conscious of not doing overkill, says the manager of Ed Sheeran. Bizarrely, we've been doing it for ten years, where we've really overkilled, and no one seems to be sick of it. My my favorite thing about this story is that who the fuck decided to interview Ed Sheeran's manager? Uh, I think it was the BBC. Because like, at, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of so. It's just like the person like who is completely his entire job is to big up Ed Sheeran what else is he going to say other than geez there's tracks coming it's going to be really successful we can't wait for more tracks to come we've like, changed the game and also nobody is sick of Ed Sheeran at all yeah, that's exactly. why he was ran off Twitter because sure, no like, one is sick what of else him. is he going to say he's going to be like well you know I'm not really sure about this that'd be Ed great can you imagine that imagine if he was like I'm actually yeah like it's yeah it's getting a bit much it's, it's not moment. for I'm me I'm thinking of Stefan <laughs> Do you, think, do, you th- do you think they asked him one question about himself? How was he doing? How was the manager doing? Probably, They yeah. didn't ask a single question. They only care about Ed Sheeran. you got a manager. I have a manager, How often yeah. do you ask how he's doing? I ask how he's doing a lot, a lot actually. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, yeah, hey, look, I'm, I'm just asking the question, okay? He's doing well. He's a, he's a, he's a happy dad at the moment. He's doing great. That's good. Uh, someone who's not happy. Don't and he you? would also have... This, this is exactly you the interview. stepped my fucking Sorry. link. <laughs> go on, go on. No, it's fine. He would also say the exact same thing about me. He's, he would say the bangers come flying out. Uh, okay. If, if they interviewed, if they interviewed, Cody. someone whose bangers aren't flying out <laughs> for a while. It's a shitty link. I, because I you what... ruined the first one and now the second one. <laughs> Lord's dog is dead. Okay, are you happy? There you go. She's not. She's She's penned a lengthy note to subscribers of her newsletter, the most fucking Lord story ever, this, about the status of her next album and the passing of her beloved dog, Pearl. Now, I just want to say for the record, I had a dog once, and that should tell you what happened to the dog eventually. Very sad. Not here to laugh at uh, the deaths of a a dog. And as a matter of fact, Converge, a band that I adore. Uh, One of 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 my favourite Converge songs is about Jacob Band's dog passing away. So no laughing matter. But this is so Lord, isn't it? Like, it's incredibly Lord. My album's not coming out for a while because my dog is gone. Like, but but like the, the the way she talks about it in the second half of this is that like the dog had a, a like a genuine part in the album or something like that. He was instrumental to the discovery that was taking place. I felt he led me towards the ideas, and it's going to take some time and recalibration now that there's no shepherd ahead of me to see what the work is going to be. I mean, that's like th- that dog needs to get a writing credit. Like it's like a really it seems like a massive deal. Like. That the the dog was like an actual like main part of the album, right? I mean, it seems that way. I mean, it's just it, this feels like Diet Nick Cave stuff to me. Um, yeah. No? I mean, am I cruel? No, I mean, like the thing is, it's I probably didn't... because I really hated that last Lord album, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, I quite like Lord as an artist, mm. and I think she's really, really good. And also, when I kind of look at it, I'm kind of like, 
as an artist, uh, if this is the thing that inspires her, even if it is a dog, because you are belittling that it's a dog. I also tempered that by saying that I, <laughs> you had, had, a dog. I had a dog. Yeah, <laughs> Some of my best friends. <laughs> Some of my best friends are dogs. One of my favorite so, yeah. songs is about a dead dog. <laughs> Anyway, but like, but that's what I mean. Like you know, so like even if if it's if it's if it's a dog that like is actually making this album, and to be honest, I would much rather hear. Um, Did you say the words? If this is a dog that is making this album, <laughs> well, it sounds like it's like really heavily inspiring the album. Dahi, so like emotionally, the dog didn't go to the studio and play an instrument. Well, how do you know? And we we can't we can't even say. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm 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 ending the news <laughs> section for the week. Songs of the week. Pick one. Number two, one and three, please. Uh, number two, please. It's Dua Lipa. Don't start now. <laughs> don't show up. Don't come out. Don't start caring about me now. Walk away. You know how. Don't start caring about me now. Aren't you the guy who tried to hurt me with the word goodbye? Alright, okay, so Dua Lipa is an international pop star of much renown until Billie Eilish headlined Electric, well it didn't actually didn't headline Electric Picnic rather, played on the main stage on the Friday. Mm-hmm. Dua Lipa laid claim to having the biggest crowd in festival history. Which she did, yeah. Which she did. You were there, I was there. Great show. An Amazing. incredibly good show, an incredibly good performer. <sighs> I mean, this is just factory stuff, isn't no it? No way! Do second, you like... This is the second era of Dua Lipa. I'm very excited. Sorry, what was the first era of Dua Lipa? A really big the song. The first record. But it's... I'm sorry, I, I'm not... I, 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 there's no substance here. Uh, she, look, look, she is a supermodel-looking person, so that's great. She can... A great performer, that's great. All very marketable. She seems cool. She's working with the right people. But this is just by numbers. This is just like House, 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 Bill and All Rogers... And that's there's a bit of there's a bit of like kind the baseline, like, like the first two kind of get lucky kind of shit. The thing that I find really interesting about this is that it is real classic 2010 Calvin Harris, and I have a, a theory. <laughs> that's a horrible <laughs> sentence. Like, <laughs> but I have a theory that like you know the way uh, uh, musical styles come back after a certain period of time. I think that's that's speeding up. If you know what I mean. So now 2010 Calvin Harris is actually nostalgia for 2019. I'm leaving the studio because the piano. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so much like like that like flashback style like really really like kind of classic house piano that Calvin Harris put in um, and it, it, this genuinely feels very very different to the last Dua Lipa record it feels much more dancey much more electronic I will concede that the, the hardest thing about Dua Lipa is, is a lack of a slight lack of identity, I would say. Yes. We don't really know who Dua Lipa is. No. You can't really describe off the top of your head the way you could with... I'm baffled by the level of success. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, New Rules is, of course, a great song, and it it caught on, and it became a thing. It's an amazing track. Same producer, actually, on this track. But, like, again, I mean, it's kind of baffling, you know? Um, This is very homogenous. I I really like this record. I think it's really, really good. Oh, fucking marry it, why don't you, yeah? (laughs) I think the track is great. I think it's really, really good. Uh, And again, one of the problems is as well is that it is the exact same theme as um, as, the first one. You can't remember said? it. That, that's why. Right. No, 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 no. no. I'm very tired. My, point, I'm very my point was just completely brutal. Wonderful. Thank Neurils you very much, Dahi. The next tune song. of the decade. Oh, God, was what? Yeah, absolutely. Neurils. You think Neuros is the best pop song of the decade? Yeah, I would say so. Dancing yeah. on my own, Robin. 
Uh, oh yeah, shit. Okay, this is this is the disaster of the. Yeah, you're right. I'll give you more. Right. See, this is me interrupting Danny from the script, but now I'm doing this. This is. I tell you what, that was. That's a prime example of recency bias. I'll so tell you. I apologize. I'll tell you what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> his name is I'll tell you what his name was. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's pivot to another international pop star, an international woman of leisure. It's La Rue. That's LaRue, Ellie Jackson. She's back after five long years. Did an interview there with Dazed, I think it was, in which she was talking about how, like, it's not that she went off, you know, like, the edge of the planet or anything. She's actually been working hard in the background. Yeah, she does a lot of songwriting for other people. Yeah, and she had a creative partnership with a guy called Luke something, can't remember his name, which kind of came to an abrupt halt around the time slash before the release of her previous record, Trouble in Paradise, which I reviewed for Drown and Sound, which was a bit of a hodgepodge of a record with one phenomenal song and I would I, I, like uh, I, I would put this song Let Me Down Gently over New Rules any day of the fucking week uh, so LaRue has been uh, kind of a cult hit from when she burst out into the scene in the first place people kind of took to her pretty quickly uh, a lot of goodwill has some chops makes some kind of stylistic decisions I don't know about this one I think this is a really bad song do you? I think it's a really really bad song I prefer it to the Dua Lipa one but I don't um, know I don't at all uh, there's a there's a style of guitar in here, which is obviously like the Nile Rodgers funk guitar. And I've, exa- I've, ex- I've said this time and time again on this podcast that like you have to do something interesting if you're going to call back these like really usual styles. Like this is like a bass line and like this funky guitar thing. And there's literally nothing new about either of them. It's just calling back on something. You have to take this stuff and you have to make it more interesting than it is. And uh, I think the vocal melodies are fine. Is there such a thing as too high a falsetto? I'm not sure. Like, the verses in particular in this track are like, you can barely hold on to them when you're listening to them. It's like, you you can't really take them at all. Um, I really, really didn't like this track at all. I didn't dislike it, but it didn't work for me. And it was disappointing because I do like her. And I think she has some great stuff uh, in her. I think locker. The, the video and the obviously like her style and the way she, she doesn't feel approaches like the art in a certain doesn't feel way. like it's moved on though. Uh, I think it does. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. I think there is an extra kind of layer on top of the thing that she had with like going in for the kill or whatever. Um, was she on Tyler the Creator's album this year? I have no idea. I think she might have been. I think she might have done. Stop asking me the hard questions, Dolly. <laughs> I've had a long week. Okay, yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, like whatever she does next, I'll listen to. But it didn't really get me. Pumped. I presume there's an album or an EP. There must be an album on the way. Yeah, I think so. Finally, this week, Miguel returns with a short track named "Funeral." Which isn't very funereal at all, is it, Dahi? It's not. Uh, it Are has... you surprised that Miguel has a funky, filthy song about sex? 
Uh, no, I'm not. Because that is very much on on brand <laughs> for our friend Miguel. Uh, it has an amazing baseline in it, though. Oh, it's which fucking is class. unreal. Yeah. I would love to see that like up in the club. <laughs> it would be it would be great. Jesus uh, Christ! It, the whole track actually really reminded me of um, uh, uh, the HBO series Euphoria. I don't know if you've still haven't you've seen it yet. Yeah. Um, a lot of the music in Euphoria is very very similar to this, and that kind of vibe is really really class. I think it's really really good. Um, is the the subject matter is questionable, slightly intense, a little bit, yeah. Like, is the song about him having sex with a woman until she dies? No. Like, well, I mean, because he starts with like, tell her parents, yeah, this <laughs> girl that I just fucking slayed. Yeah, I know it, it's euphemistic, isn't it? Like, it's all. I mean, yeah, it's poetic like, license. It's, it's Miguel. Pretty, it's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's it, it's 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 edgy, but like it's I think it's done with a uh, tongue in cheek. Yeah, and I think it's also Sky, got like. Is it Skywalker? Is that is that the song that he had a couple of years ago? That is by far his best song. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the one you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And like when when he's on, he's on, and this is class. Yes, yeah. it, it's sub three minutes. It's it's a jam. It he, takes he had really a, an, industrial textures to it, and then like him just kind of dancing all over the beat. Like yeah. like his voice is fucking unbelievable. It's amazing. Like and it, and it, like the, the way he pulls in like vocal melodies are really really good. Like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he had a he had a, a Spanish EP this year, like a Spanish vocal. CP it was really really good uh, and this is going to be another EP I think that the the name of the track is the same as the, the EP name okay uh, yeah so there you go uh, who wins songs of the week that, Miguel for me anyway uh, Tulipa I think fucking hell listen La- you keep it'll chasing be the, that it'll be the big the big hit of the winter you keep chasing that collab yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't don't think I don't I'm know. Don my Dua Lipa T-shirt Fair forever. Uh, speaking of collabs, the long-awaited debut from Mango and Mathman is finally in the world. Let's have a listen to a track off that one, and we'll come back and have a chat with the lads. No more hanging on the blocks now. Seven towers is a knockdown Generation shot down Some gave up but I stayed here when they got down Getting up, getting high, getting down, getting nowhere Halfway good, you don't care Gotta leave but I don't know where Now I don't know where So, someone stay stranded But it's not how we planned it Every team telling me I can't quit And I can't understand it So, we'll see through these Hard times to lead to me We belong in this deep blue sea We belong in this deep blue sea Joined in the studio by Mango. All right. Hey. <laughs> and Mathman. What's happening? What's happening? What's the crack? In the building? Uh, Kanye West, yeah? You, like, you, you got beef with us for our Kanye West review? No, I was just saying, like, you, you went in. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, absolutely. I was just uh, trepidations now that I realise I also have an album coming out. <laughs> and people will be like, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Is that actually something that you're worried about at all? Like, do you care about people kind of like press or criticism or anything? Uh, I don't know. Not really. No, I suppose it's um, if you get wrapped up in that, like, yeah, you'll do yourself no favors. I think um, as long as he's happy and I'm happy, then we're happy. So it's up to you whether you like it or not. It's you know been I mean? like a really long time coming, though, right? This album is just reckon four years. Four years? Yeah. Not like day to day but oh yeah obviously you know, yeah, yeah, four yeah. years but there's been yeah. stuff on it like because so like i released an album a while ago as well and and like it always feels like uh by the time it's out it feels like it's such like a bookend of something that's already happened if you know what i mean like was it hard to have like say tracks or even ideas that came from so far back 
and to like bring them up forward to a record that's that's here now? No, I don't think it was hard because we we believed in the records then and we believed in, in the message of the records then yeah. and nothing has really changed, you know, um, conceptually or in terms of our social political outlook on things or our attitude towards things. Mm. So now a lot of that stuff was, you know, it was pertinent then, but it probably even more pertinent now when, when you look at the landscape of, of Ireland and, and, and what's happening here. So no, um, there was a couple that didn't make the record actually there's probably three tracks that we had there that were originally slated to go on casual work and by the time we got to the kind of programming of the album it was like oh, no these aren't right you know this mm. get rid of them we wrote a couple of new ones but um the majority of the record was you know it was done four years ago really that's great yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's amazing yeah, yeah yeah because it feels so it, it like i think you're probably right in that like the style and everything just seems very kind of current at the same time um you like one of the things that's really really interesting about it as well um is the fact that you got um crash ensemble to do all of the strings and i find that really mm-hmm. interesting cuz like you know like grime and and hip hop production is kind of so based around samples and stuff and the idea to like take what people are used to hearing as a sample as almost like a sound in itself and like bring him back in the like the uh, and like an actual string quartet is like mm-hmm. amazing like like what was the thinking process behind it like i've loved records with orchestration like for donkeys and even going back to like 2008 2009 i was always writing songs with strings in them mm. and orchestrated elements yeah and i love like uncle and what they did with science fiction and um, like a lot of other records, and just having those string elements, I always felt brought a grandeur to you know the Sonics, the message, yeah. and how an, an album feels and sounds. So um, we had an opportunity to work with the Crash Ensemble at the, the National Concert Hall. Um, they love what we do, um, we love what they do, hmm. and I had all these string parts written for the album, but it was synthesized strings, so like they sound. Good, but they don't yeah. sound great. But they sound wildly different, yeah, I think. Like, exactly. Yeah, they yeah. sound really they don't sound natural. Yeah. So um the guys were like, Look, we'd love to collaborate with you at some point. Can we can we get together? We're like, Absolutely, we have <laughs> these <laughs> dead right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, this the Cypress Hill jokes came in. Who ordered the string quartet? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. yeah. Us. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we it was uh, I don't write music. I don't know sheet music yeah, or anything yeah. like that. So um luckily now that can be done quite quite easily with, with different pieces of software. So got the arrangements from the stuff that I'd written at home, sent it to the guys, they had a look, they were like, Yeah, that sounds great, blah 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 blah. We went down one day, got the whole session done in about four or five hours, so and that was it. And what yeah. we heard, like and what we got, and then when it was mixed and mastered, it was like, Oh man, this is just it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was so happy with it. It definitely adds such a layer to it as well. I've been listening to the record for the last the last week and it just like it just brings it up to a level that feels like um like almost just less of less of a garage album or less of a dance album and more of just like a kind of a an all-encompassing record it's a very that's big like a sounding different. record like, yeah. like it sounds i'm really like, glad that you said that i'm really glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no i really am because no, for real, that's yeah. the that was well, the ambition yeah 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 too, you know so i know absolutely yeah, you yeah, know yeah. And, and to have your perspective on it is a really beautiful thing too but to, to hear or to know that you feel that way about the album in terms of its entirety. Yeah. That's that's a lot. Because I worked hard to, 
Edited to that point, you know, and like I, I say this to him all the time, and he laughs at me. and He goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "This is not a rap album." Yeah, and like what do you mean it's not a rap album? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really on every yeah, record, you sure? Because yeah. uh, I was doing a lot of rapping yeah. on that album. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you I should just take it out, man. You should just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really don't feel that this is a rap record. I think it transcends yeah. so many different things. Um, but rap is like fifty percent of the record, mm -hmm. but the rest of it is not rap production you yeah, know it's, yeah. it, there's a lot of stuff happening there so and even even down like to that line of it, that it, that it's an album I mean in my opinion like you didn't have to do an album like you could have just kept releasing tracks like yeah. like one after another like most yeah, people play the probably game, yeah. do by now and play the game yeah and you yeah. get like New Music Friday every whenever yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so easy to do that now like and you could just be like rattling them out as long as you want like uh, it it sounds weird to say, but it's like quite a strange thing to just release an album. Like, was there any time where you were kind of going like, do we even need to release an album? Or were you always like on the line to like look for this as like a kind of a big moment? No, look, I mean, doing the, the singles and throwing it up, like you can use them as platforms yeah. to bring yourself up to a point where I think there's always a greater mission, a greater goal. Like we love albums. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, still, like the way we consume music now it's like oh I'll just I'll save and like the best bits off that album and then you just enjoy those tunes but actually sitting down and it's like going oh it's like watching your favourite scene in a film only instead of watching the whole fucking thing you That's know great, what I mean yeah. like sometimes you you lose the context of what that is and uh, I don't know I just don't think we had the balls to do one so and we wanted to do one I think yeah we do we love albums I mean yeah. looking back to great concept albums over the years like Introducing science fiction, um, for a grand I'll come for free, things like that. We yeah. wanted to make our version of some of those, you yeah, know? yeah, not one of those, but yeah. you know. So you're definitely you're definitely introducing it as like a concept album. Yeah, it's a, it's a story of a particular time in a, in a young man's life in in Dublin and a lot of a lot of magic yeah, going on. Like the know? narrative, uh, like really stuck out to me. Yeah. Uh, the opening track, the spoken word, I I I think it's fucking great. Like, oh, I, like I was, and I, but I wonder, like, I mean, like, is that is that something, you don't have to tell me? Maybe it's too personal a question, but like, I wonder. I, I had images of you writing that in one go, or maybe it took you fucking two years. Like, I just wonder. Yeah, like, no, it's about one go. Yeah, really. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to just write something, and. Uh, what I was writing wasn't kind of I was just feeling because when you're writing raps and especially at the speed and BPM that you we do sometimes it can be very restrictive of flow and I've always rapped to hi-hats and snares really because that kind of dictates the internal rhythm within it that for me mm -hmm. um, and then when I was writing this thing it was just it wasn't fitting into anything and it was a kind of a you know a square peg into a, a circular hole like I just wasn't going and I just said fuck it like I'm on I'm in flow state you know what I mean I'm just I'm in this I'm saying something I don't know what it is I was sitting in my kitchen late at night in, in my granddad's house and it just came out and then you were saying to me like oh there's a poetry thing for RT pulls <clears throat> would you be thinking about doing spoken word I was like funnily enough uh, here's one I made earlier and brought that out and then when we heard that I was like right that's like that is a kind of credit sequence. That's kind of a setting tone yeah, for yeah. everything, all the other tunes we were making. Yeah. So it wasn't written the first. It wasn't written for the intro of the album. It was just something that I just probably should have been studying for college work and was just in his own. And I just lashed it out on the phone. So funny that because like spoken word as a thing is now such like a quintessential Dublin thing as well, right? Yeah, even yeah. Well, like I mean, it, like? even yeah, but like even you can hear influences of uh, people like Emma Kerman. Yeah, that's what I was like thinking, yeah. on someone like me 
Do you know what I mean? And then I, like, I started to know people like Lewis Kenny or John Cummins or uh, Stephen James Smith and just like um, or Natalia O'Flaherty and other poets like that. And it was, I think, going to see, because you're in school, you read poetry, like, this is a lot of bollocks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it doesn't your, speak to you. Like, it's, it's not, but also, it's, not it's your enemy you, in right? school. It's your enemy in school. So if I get this poem wrong or miss a line, I don't know what they meant in some abstract fucking certain way they had to write poems you're just like oh, I couldn't give a shite but then I went and I seen spoken word poetry and it just like cut through me yeah. and I've never been one of these guys who's like rap music is poetry I don't think that I think poetry is a completely separate thing to rapping <clears throat> they're very they, they run parallel Yeah. but uh, yeah once I seen it I was like wow that's really cool I, especially Kerman especially stuff like Just Saying because I remember how that made me feel yeah. When I seen it on YouTube, because it was the same week two of my friends went to Australia, and I was just like, oh man, it's fucking kip. I hate this country, blah, blah. And I just, I was like, that was just a dude walking down O'Connell Street who sounds like me. And that's what that could do to me. So that's why I've always had that love for it. So it's, you know, there's trepidation to kind of get into it. But I think I did a good job. So people are saying they like it. So <laughs> the track leads into uh, Deep Blue, which we heard earlier there, which of course has Lisa Hannigan as a feature. How did that come about? Bribery. <laughs> <laughs> it seems as like I saw that feature and I was like, big brown envelopes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet every single fucking producer in the country yeah. is just like, fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's kind of similar with um, with the crash. We were doing a show with her in the in the National Concert Hall, and then we did one in the Barbican with her in London, and. Um, it was loosely kind of hinted at that if there's somebody on this kind of entire bill that you would like to collaborate with. Who would it be? No, it's like we can try and make it happen for you if, if you want. So the girl who who originally wrote Deep Blue, the, the lyrics and the chorus, she is a, a real, she suffers really bad with like anxiety and she doesn't like to get out and perform and things like that. So we wanted to perform Deep Blue because I had these string sections written for it. I was like, yeah. yo, we have to do this one. I mean, you can't do it. Man, will you? She was just out of the picture. And, uh, no, I wasn't going to sing it. Certainly <laughs> 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 not, no. So um, I said to Mango, I'm going to get Lisa Hannigan to sing this, man. I guarantee you I will. So, we called bollocks straight up. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm making it happen. So, um, I'm afraid to be in the same room as that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh my yeah. God, there she is. Like, so Paul Noonan was curating the, the whole bill. <coughs> and uh, I gave him a shout. I said, Paul, what's the story? Listen, have this record. Um, girl can't sing on it. Um, would love if Lisa could do it because I think she would sound amazing. And he goes, yeah, yeah, send it on to me there now. And I'll, I'll send it on to Lisa on, on your behalf now. I can't guarantee you anything, but you know, we'll, we'll give it a go anyway. I was like, that's... I mean, that's enough for me. So he sent that on, and within an hour, she got back personally, and she was like, "Yo, love the record. Would love to do this with you on the night." Blah 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 blah. So we had a rehearsal the day before the show, performed it that night, and got to meet her and, and properly chat to her and hang out with her. And turns out she's an absolute buzzer, like an, <laughs> like Absolutely. sound, like proper sound. <laughs> then we went to the Barbican in London, and we got to know her even better. We had a massive session with her. With, um, like with all the Irish, like loads of Irish musicians, like yeah. Saint Sister, it was lower, it was like, yeah, it was gang of us. I'm a mango mat man of all these few subs. Yeah, it, few yeah, if there's one thing we're known for, <laughs> gargling. Um, so, six or seven months passed after uh, the, the Barbican show, and I knew that Yasmin, there was no way that she was going to do this record for us. 
she laid a demo, sounded great, but there was no way she was going to do the studio call. So uh, I reached out to Lisa personally then. I was like, listen, um, this is happening. The record's coming out. Would you be interested in doing it? And she was like, in a heartbeat, let's go, let's do it. So we had the studio session booked in like a week later. She came up eight months pregnant. Um, no fucking way. And, and yeah. within, I'd say, two hours, we had the whole thing done. And she absolutely, like, I, I was getting goosebumps just sitting in the room listening to her do it was like yo man this is incredible like I'll never ever forget this it was one of them experiences you know yeah um, so that's how it happened um, and she's remained so cool and sound like since then um, so we're gonna that's do great. an album where uh, <laughs> yeah, double fun. disc yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's fucking amazing uh, I mean with regards to kind of, I read the I really liked the Inamalali interview in the Irish Times recently that, that ran with you guys I mean kind of like uh, almost kind of hinted that already in some of the stuff that has been said but like is there an element of like you guys uh, particularly you Mango I suppose becoming like an unofficial like either spokesperson or you know embodiment of like Dublin 2019. And no. <laughs> well, yeah. it, uh, that sounds but, really scary. But whether you whether you've like wanted this to happen or not, I think people put you in that bracket. Yeah, because I mean, like, like we're obviously like you know, for anyone who's living under a fucking rock, we see the erosion of cultural spaces all the time. There's yeah. a culture war happening, not yeah. just Dublin. It's it's it's, it's nationwide. Uh, and you know, I'm not saying that you go on Twitter and go on polemics because you don't. Mm. But I do. I think sometimes that, do. Do you? I sometimes. <laughs> not for a while. No, I haven't because I'm an album coming out and I've got to stop tweeting <laughs> so spicy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was looking at that old Devon thing the other day. I was like, oh, I could have went off on one. But yeah. But as as a creative person who is, as you say, about to release some work and also having that element and being unable to ignore it. Yeah. How are you feeling? About Dublin, the city? Uh, look, I, and your I, position within it, I suppose. I, look, I suppose people want to follow me so more people to see what I'm saying. But I think everything that I'm saying, we're all saying. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, it is. It's just like... I haven't made this album to be, or, well, I haven't, or we haven't specifically made this album, and my parts in it haven't been specifically for, to talk about the city, it's just where this story takes place, and what's going on right now, because we're all around, and we're all in these spaces, like, we're losing our clubs, so we're losing our places of work, we're losing our places of, like, people gathering, like, I walked past Ned's on the way here, and I was like, oh man, I, was, I texted him, I said, oh, I'm just at Ned's. I looked up and I just seen I was like oh my god that's weird man do you know what I mean like Ned's wasn't a great music <laughs> venue but it had a certain space for ravers and you know early houses and stuff like that so like yeah there's a lot of bullshit going on I suppose if I got a microphone in my face I suppose I should use it properly but um, I wouldn't be putting a cape on and saying I missed this that and the third I think there's elected officials who should be doing that and unfortunately they're letting us all down so I believe in the power of people and I believe the voice of the people and I think if you listen to a lot more people like me you probably hear the same kind of stories. Yeah. I, f- I find it really interesting as well though because I mean uh, I, th- I I agree with you I think you kind of have become a bit of a voice like that yeah. and I think one of the reasons is because you're speaking to such a broad range of people like the idea that, that you guys are playing like the fucking Barbican or like when I saw you other voices yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. and that's like one type of group and then you do like this fucking underground wigwam thing and go yeah. fucking ape shit like there seems to be just this like amazing broad range of different people who are listening to what you're saying Um, is is that like a lot of pressure or do you find like do you kind of it feels the same true every like every place that you're playing like yeah it feels the same I, yeah. I feel like I mean we do like places that are very arts centered, and we do yeah. mad ravey spots, and we do some mad 
hood hip hop spots but like everybody's the same we've all lived different lives and yeah. we all like it's a small city and I so think they're folding in on each other anyway right exactly like, yeah, like, like, you know, you, you, yeah, yeah exactly we're not all just one way or the other you know mm. we, we, we have a, a spectrum of, of interests and emotions and um, artistically we try to express that yeah whether it's a spoken word piece a collaboration with Lisa and the Crash Ensemble or you know a 140 grind banger you know be, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean take your pick Um we're just too youngless trying to express ourselves, you know. Mm. That's that's what it is. Live is a huge uh, element, though, of what you guys do. I mean, like you can you can have situations where the album is an advertisement to go see someone live, or maybe even vice versa. I think in this one, I think Casual Work does stand on its own as a record, but also is a great excuse to go see you live. Absolutely, um, <laughs> and buy our merchandise, <laughs> <laughs> of which I will get a I will get a ten percent cut. So that's pretty good. But I guess what I'm what I'm wondering is like I mean like like the shows have kind of become like they built up as this kind of cult sensation, and whether it's festivals or your own kind of headline stuff I mean like do anything kind of stand there for you even in the last 12 months of like that was fucking out of control like that was unbelievable I've never experienced anything like that because I think that there's a mutual connection between the people who go to the shows and also for you guys where you guys are standing yeah there is there's definitely like when you're in when you're in the thick of it and you're looking out and like I'm I have a big shit eating grin I turn around to him and he's like smashing all the samba buttons on the decks and you can see the people going yes there is a definitely communal thing I don't know do you have a highlight last year probably other voices last year when the photo of him looking like at the last supper yeah. when yeah, the stage yeah. got stormed the that, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was absolutely crazy I actually thought the stage was a, literally about to cave in it was bananas um, this year's EP was very saucy actually yeah I didn't get to see it properly because of the lights. Oh, the smoke! Yeah, yeah no, there was a lot of yeah, there was a lot of. Always <laughs> so about two. There's a lot of tops off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that Smoke stage, and yeah, and the lights are coming at you, so you can't really see too far. And you're like, I'm like, <laughs> like eh. I can just so, get up and go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we've had loads of highlights. I don't know about a highlight this year because they all, in my head, they all just seem to roll into one. It's just that very same experience with the live show is raucous. It's people yeah. tops off. It's sweating. It's it's mosh pits, it's energy crew, it's all of that. So we just try and do the same thing every time. Yeah, and, and like a question that we seem to be asking every single person that we interview nowadays is like, you seem to be doing so much, this seems to be doing so much shows, like how is the balance going? We think we should be doing more in some cases. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like particularly last year, we had to slow down to finish the album, you know, because <laughs> we just weren't getting time to work 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 on work, the album yeah, and yeah. then you know do do the live shows um there's only so much you can do in Ireland as well though you know this the space here is is kind of yeah, yeah. very limited. and you can't be playing the same place again and again and again no, because people know, won't come anymore yeah absolutely and promoters won't book you for you know the same festival or the same stage every single year you know so it's mm-hmm. like the circuit is weird but um we're working yeah but um we should, we could definitely be doing more. I think I really do. I think we, Great. we certainly need it financially. So book us, <laughs> you know book us for any of your parties or festivals. Book us, we're ready, we're ready. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that is the trade-off, as Dahi kind of notes, for pretty much every art musician I've spoken to this year. Like there is an element of like what you do is a full-time job, but you also work a full-time job. So yeah. it's like that. Casual work, isn't it? <laughs> but the level Boom. of like, <laughs> <laughs> That's my little mask on, folks. Get the album on Hand Deezer. over the host. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like... It's even, the Kaiser Soze moment. <laughs> but but even, even right now, like, like it's like, it's adrenaline is kind of the word that I would kind of associate with, with both of you at the moment. I mean, like, and obviously, yeah, that's a natural thing to be for someone who's about to put out an album in the next yeah. few hours. But like, or as of this podcast being out, it is out, yeah. go listen to it, of course. 
But like, is there like, I just have to keep fucking capitalizing on this. I can't stop. Like, I know what you're saying. You're saying like you, momentum and, and you mm-hmm. need to keep doing things and be seen and perception is reality. Mm. But at the same time, I mean, Jesus, like the amount of energy that you guys put into what you do, I just would be like, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> We love it, man. Yeah, that's born and bred on this. Like, this honestly, is, this is easy. The I live couldn't. shows are actually easy. Hmm. That's that's the buzz. That's nothing. Yeah. That's the buzz. It's me jumping me top off with all the tunes that I think are really good enough to put on a fucking yeah. album. And he's there, like doing his thing. Like, uh, yeah, that's the easy part. The that the other part of it the is, part is laborious. <laughs> in some cases, you know, trying that's to get the it thing done you question with the full time job. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing you have to question. You have to be like, oh, you know, like actually putting something out, like. A show, you go, oh, that's a bad show, it's a good show. There'll be more shows, hopefully. But the album, that's out for us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's now that's done. We've we've co signed that and that's out forever. But I think the other thing is like I don't know what else I'd be doing. Do you know what I mean? Like I've forgone so like and a lot of Irish artists, you've forgone a lot of things in your life to keep this going. So relationships i've missed family funerals education work you know when you're really trying to do music you can't be well i'm working 45 hours a week in some high paying job you can't like really there's no balance there and then you know college and stuff like that to put it all you can't just balance yourself you're born out do you know what i mean Mm. so at this stage now how long we've put into it and how much we've wanted this to work or how much we've wanted this to <clears throat> blossom yeah I don't know man you just get, you couldn't do anything else we, we we have to keep going for this the proper sacrifice yeah believe in it yeah, yeah. front there to back we believe in it two or three occasions where born out was a was a real like that close really that close it was like what the fuck you know this is too much doing everything else and then trying to put it's, it's like having two full time jobs you know you know what it's like yeah yeah um, the sacrifices and the emotional, physical, biological investment into doing it and being creative, you mm-hmm. know, being disciplined to come home from work at six o'clock, lash a bit of grub into you and then sit down in front of a PC and then try and be creative for the next six hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Give for the next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, that on a daily basis, that's the grind, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love it most of the time, but there was real, there was occasions, you know, dotted throughout the, the, the build-up to the album and, fi- and finishing it was like, Fuck this! <laughs> no, really, it was yeah. it was like that. Yeah. But I knew the end goal was <clears throat> it was gonna be worth it so much that those moments were kind of fleeting. You know, it was like it might, it might last for a day. Yeah, and like ah oh, no, we're back on it. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> but you know, they do happen. It's it is. It's not easy. It's not easy. I think it's on the record. I think you guys have made the most honest record that you could make. It's called Casual Work. It's out now. Congratulations to you both. Well yeah, done. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks Thanks so much for coming Cheers. in. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Yeah, Cheers. Thank you. Up next, it's Jape's new album, and it sounds like this. And your lips said you speak, but I was engaged. Feral light on the canal. Oh, how it shimmers with that problems worth solving, but I was engaged From the crow's nest I spied an iceberg I put my brain on pause Some disasters not 
We throw it to Craig Fitzpatrick for a primer on the artist. <laughs> Craig? Craig? Craig, you're not here? Craig, buddy? Cra- Craig? <laughs> okay. In the absence of Craig, I walk alone. Jape is the primary project of Richard Egan, who began releasing music under this guise in 2003. Sentinel marks his sixth album to date. He holds the distinction of being the only two-time winner of the Choice Music Prize, having taken home the gong for 2008's Ritual and 2011's Ocean of Frequency. Even without those accolades, you get the sense that Egan is, a highly, is highly respected by both critics and his contemporaries. Jape is unlikely to trouble a sellout in, say, the Three Arena, but you can't imagine such a consideration means much of anything to its chief author, let alone anything approaching a vaguely stressful lamentation. Having decamped his native Ireland for Scandinavia and eventually moved into penning the soundtrack to a children's TV show, he's been really quite good at defying conventional roots. Egan is an artist who seems to enjoy quiet reinvention, managing to operate self-sufficiently without ever really committing to one obvious genre. Experimental might help pin him down a little bit, but even then, not quite. His last record, 2015's This Chemical Sea, was a superbly realised voyage, one that warned of climate emergency amidst a wave of bright, colourful electronic ascendscapes and clear, rich, sometimes accompanied pathways. Sentinel, which arrives next week, is perhaps best characterised by a significantly hazier, deliberately dreamlike constitution. As the man himself puts it in the press notes, There is a short time when I wake up from a dream. I'm unaware of myself. This period of comforting stasis is my favourite time of the day. No problems, no stress, no ego, pure suspension. After such graceful respite, slowly and unfortunately from somewhere tiny within this infinite place crawls annoying narrowness, a living human. As the morning happens to happen, this wistful fog feeling sticks around, an old hand showing a new employee the ropes, another first day in the being alive business. It speaks. Remember all this lack of information, let's not think, especially about afternoons. Mornings taught me about real peace, supplying ways to renew wonder into my days at last. Finally embracing irrelevance with love, looking into the mirror and thinking, how long can I ignore this poor prick before I have to answer him? This is where the songs on Sentinel come from, from early mornings of no thought, whatever the dreams left out on their doorsteps for me. It is a private record, and I hope that you can share in this privacy. And now, Dottie and I will briefly shatter that private world to share how we feel (laughs) about it. A lot in there, a lot in those words, and a lot in pretty much everything that's happened before in Jape's career. What's your your general kind of take on on him and what he does? Uh, Jape, in general, would be one of the most inspiring um, artists in Ireland for um, a young electronic producer such as myself. uh, I would consider him an electronic producer. Uh, from most of the shows that I've seen in his albums, I would I would say that he is uh, very very passionate about the electronic side of production. Um, uh, I absolutely love him. I think he's absolutely great. Uh, I think there's a there's another side to Jake that people don't really realize is that um, he has been a voice for a lot of electronic producers in Ireland for uh, a good many years. As somebody, kind of like an elder statesman, I guess, who who can like, if you go to him for some information or some advice, he will come back and and give it to you straight away. And I've heard from numerous different people, um, who have contacted him in times of need and 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 uh, and talked to him. Um, he is an amazing artist as well. I think this is an amazingly interesting album because he has kind of got rid of a whole pile of things that would be considered, um, a crutch at this point, which is basically some very very 
this feels like an acoustic album to me with a lot of different delays and a lot of different synths and a lot of different um, pieces as kind of the background to an acoustic album, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and I think w- the most interesting thing about this record is that it is the voice of an older person talking. It feels like um, somebody who uh, is being very, very honest about who they are, what age they are and where, what stage they are at in life. Um, and that paired with um, the kind of the very bare bones acoustic guitar as the kind of the main instrument throughout the whole thing, in my, in my mind anyway, um, is like a really perfect pairing. And then there's in the background of those two kind of main things, these like really honest vocals and this very, very kind of honest um, outpouring of, of who he is at the moment and the acoustic guitar behind that is all the stuff that makes a jape record really really interesting which is sounds you've never heard before since that you can barely describe a sense or you can barely find the synthesis in them um and all this effects that make this like really weird hazy background to the whole thing which kind of adds this like a, the mild confusion of somebody exploring something that they haven't done before um i think it's a really great record i think it's amazing did you find it optimistic or downbeat or both of those or do those words not even apply? Um, I found it downbeat in a good way. Um, I think what he says in that in that press release that he had where it was kind of like this is a this is an album built out of mornings. Like I kind of got that immediately. Um, it's quite interesting as well because I mean when we think of Jape, we think of this kind of person who is um, like. Uh, a guy who's on stage that's how I picture him a lot of the time where he's like a big performer you know he's there with like a bass guitar when he's playing um, in his band uh, the first time not to cut you off but the first time yeah. I ever saw him perform live was for the Redneck Manifesto yeah amazing band and I'd never I honestly I didn't know who Jape was I didn't know who Richie was I think it was around 2008 I remember when I was in college I went to see Battles and they mm-hmm. were one of the support acts and Richie was basically running in place while playing bass guitar and fucking gurning at yeah. the audience making these like almost like uh, <laughs> Robert Carlyle and Trainspotting-esque faces at the yeah. crowd, beckoning you on, challenging you. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And if you had told me that that guy was Jape and yeah, would make yeah. some of the music that he makes, I would be like, what are you talking about? And I've, I actually, I've, I've, I interviewed him once very, very briefly for like a hot press thing back in the day. And you couldn't have heard a more disinterested, profane, not in the mood yeah. lad on the phone. And I was like, oh, cheers, man, thanks. And again, like, it's just this amazing, wonderful, not even contradiction, I would say, like, duality yeah. that he has with the music. But yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted you for no, that. No, but, like, but that's a perfect point, and that's a kind of a good description of, of how I, w- when I was coming up, how I would have seen him as an electronic producer, because I, w- I would have looked up to him a lot, and, like, the way he was and, and the way he was built, it was, like, he really felt like this kind of true artist. And he was also part of a scene, which I was really envious of at that stage as well, which was, like, a group of like amazing artists like David Kidd for instance is a perfect example they were very close friends for a long time he was he was the bassist in David Kidd's band for a while and everything and they had this just this like they always felt like they had this really clear understanding of how music should work but on this record that's not the jape that we're seeing at all like I think this is the most crystal clear vision of jape as a like a parent more than anything else 
he feels like a like a dad you know you know what i mean like he feels like somebody who is a little later on in life who is like looking after his kids um I, like when i read that piece about like the about the album written in mornings like one of the things i thought of was just like yeah kids are probably going to school <laughs> you've got you've got time to yourself and like it like it's really really good because it's not like an artist who's like trying to recapture the 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 cool artist moments you were when you were younger it's like this much more honest like here is who i am as a person um and i think that's really exciting i think it's i think it's amazing uh my favorite track is i was wrong um which is like almost basically a ballad it's like basically a completely like simply sung ballad but uh i think it should play basically for everybody when they sign up to twitter because it like has this amazing second verse which i'm actually i'm gonna read out now hang on one sec uh so the second verse starts out with um most of the time I have nothing to offer, but still I speak. That's the way of this world. That's the sound of a voice. If you're silent, they mock you as weak. And they should totally play that over the top of Twitter. <laughs> just like, just so everybody's clear, this is this is like proper wisdom for an older person. Like, I think it's amazing. I well, it's learn, so learned wisdom. I mean, that's interesting because, I mean, I remember a fairly, was it high profile or was it just if you follow the right people or the wrong people? Maybe uh, I remember him once kind of having a bit of a, a kerfuffle on Twitter where he kind of asked a question of a controversial nature. Yeah. And he was absolutely fucking hung out to dry by supposed, you know, civilized liberal people who, you know, are also nice. Yeah each other all the time except when they don't like you uh, and I'm not saying I necessarily supported his way of doing what he did or how he said it but ultimately if he was in fact being 100% truthful and was saying I literally don't understand this I'm just looking to understand it then I can understand why you would be incredibly put off by that kind of one dimensional and one direction aggression I suppose that kind of came his way um, you know Twitter is of course an incredibly horrendously uh, <laughs> spiky and like, but but like I, I love that place idea. to be. But it's, it's, I, I never I never really thought of that as, as informing him. Uh, it's like, more like the fact that that song is called "I Was Wrong" and like the idea of yeah. kind of going instead of like like asking stuff out online with no questions. Like, why can't you just like stay silent and like learn the thing yourself or act like ask somebody privately? Like, I think it's a proper like really amazing lesson that loads of people should learn that it shouldn't be like you shouldn't be going online and just like like shooting off asking questions out in the public like i mean it's just totally the wrong way to be doing that stuff um i think it's amazing and it's an incredibly like honest very forward thinking way it is incredibly honest that was the big takeaway from it for me was that this felt like very kind of confessional i like the way that he says like it's a private record and hope the sharon's privacy because Mm -hmm. that in itself is a fucking very deliberate yeah, absolutely. Like, like false yeah, yeah. that you know. would make me put it on immediately <laughs> and it's <laughs> such and a, a good ending and, line. yeah and it's also a total contradiction and you know very much you're almost challenged there you're like yeah. ooh am I allowed to talk about this yeah, yeah. but like ultimately yeah it's interesting because he has those things about the idea of like waking up and having that kind of weird half remember dream state that you're in and trying to capture that and almost saying that that's his favourite time of the day that's my least favourite time of the day I hate that fucking moment I hate the wake up I hate the um I don't remember where I was or what I was doing. And I, oh, am I working today? Oh, I am. Okay, great, cool. Uh, I don't find that to be a comfortable place whatsoever. It's very interesting that he appears to have adopted it that way because I did read a lot of melancholy 
into that statement and I hear a lot of melancholy on this record. I think it's wonderfully accomplished. I think he is quite a sing he's he like it's before this anyway, but this certainly doubles down on the idea of him as a singular artist in this country who has a unique way of doing things. I would imagine that you could give him the fan in the corner of this room and he'll be able to find a way to make some incredible sounds out of it. He just seems to be like a polymath or someone who is just yeah. able to sit down and create his own kind of little worlds. Uh this one felt more hermetically sealed for me than uh, his previous record and maybe a lot of his previous work. And I think that works in regards to the vision, but I don't know if it's a comfortable space to live in. It is only eight tracks long. It moves quite quickly. Yeah, it's a nice kind of like and sharp it, and listen, focus thing. It's gorgeous. Uh, I don't know if I can live there with him though. And to be fair, probably a reflection of where I'm at in my life and where he's at in his and it's not necessarily for that. I think yeah. there is something quite bold about the idea of making this album and it like I mean it not being this high concept thing, which the last record was, but more of a personal kind of this is my headspace and um you can come in and, and hang out with me if you want to or you can, you know, feck off and listen to whatever else you want to listen to. There's something quite daring about that. Um yeah. and I kind of alluded to that in the preview there by saying that like how he is such an independent, self sufficient guy. Uh I think it's a, a terrific work. I wish I loved it. I like it a lot. Mm. Brendan Canty has said this is nailed on to win the choice prize next year. As someone who hopes to be on that list, <laughs> how do you feel? I, Jesus Christ! I I'm, at this stage, this year has been absolutely mental, and I I genuinely do not expect to be on that list anymore because fuck me, like the fucking the Lancome album that came out like a couple a couple of weeks ago has been my favorite album of the year. There's just so many albums that are out there now, and like this on top of that, I mean, I think it's and this sounds like a cliche or like something that like somebody random would say but it's just like could be the best year for Irish music to be fair uh, I've already got like a draft uh, like in in my in my tweets back to Twitter of like the albums this year that like turned my head in one way or another that were specifically Irish and I'm not a rah-rah Irish person at all Uh, Hot Press very much beat that out of me if it was ever in me which it probably wasn't to begin with however looking at the albums that have come out this year and there's still a couple more to come yeah I think it's been a legitimately incredibly strong year on the album front for Irish music. Yeah. I wish I even, was on. Even down to the basis of everybody like making music that is extremely unique. Like yeah. there is so many different like styles and genres here. There's so much of like there's so much more honesty than there used to be. There's so much more like people uh, being really honest and being really open compared to like a couple of years ago where a lot of albums that came out I would kind of describe as um uh, like albums that sound like something else or sound like they should sound or something like that. Yeah. And, and I think this album uh, in particular is a e- really good example of that. Like this kind of, this throwing genre out the window, throwing like, again, like Japes crutches, which would be like some really clear, nice, like synth hooks, um, which I really, really liked Jape for before. He threw all them out and this makes it like just a way more honest thing. Um, and I think it's really, really special. And yeah, Brendan is probably completely right. It's it's a shoe in for the choice prize, I would say for sure. Um, it's very interesting. The track, the first track, has already been out and uh, it hasn't set the world on fire. But like, I absolutely love it. I think it's amazing. Um, I'd be really interested to see how this album is received because, um, you know, at the end of the day, there is a very clear Jabe fan that likes a very particular type of music. I think, and I think this is like a turn. Um, but I think for, uh, for art for art's sake I think it's absolutely incredible and, and for my money the best album in the last five or six years that he's done give me a number uh, it's a 8.5 okay it's an 8 for me 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm also interested. That's pretty good. I'm interested to see what kind of footprint it leaves. Um, we'll come back to the Irish albums list uh, from this year. I agree completely with what you said, by the way, in terms of the the honesty. I think also I would add to that realization. I think people have actually managed to realize their visions quite well and yeah. quite uniquely and step in their own fur. And I include you in that list, oh, Dai. So there you go. Dai's album losses out now. <laughs> Japes album Sentinel drops next Friday. Do not miss it. And what else we got here as we look to close the show? As always, this episode was engineered by our sonic architect, Eve Murray, who we adore. In the other listening corner, I've been listening to a few things. The Battle of Los Angeles by Rage Against Machine oh, ter- yeah. turned 20 years of age. 20 years. Terrifying. <laughs> Last week and yes, 20 years old, and uh, it still has all of its power. It's a wonderful album. It's my personal favorite Rage record. I think it's fucking amazing. No excuse needed to go and listen to it, but there you go. Uh, I noticed that uh, Connor Biddle uh, noted that Jimmy World's Futures album was one that he'd gone back to, and I was like, oh yeah, I might give that a go. Uh, that was out uh, 15 years ago. It's not an anniversary or anything, but I was like, yeah, that's actually a really fucking good record. Uh, very, very strong album. Their new album's actually pretty decent for Jimmy yeah. Well Latter Day Standards yeah I kind of want to go see them again maybe I'll be able to do that at some point in the future Zzz, there you go <laughs> uh, what else we got we got Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have dropped the first of three volumes of the soundtrack to HBO's Watchmen what's what's in a volume uh, this basically comprises the first three episodes that have aired so far. So there's okay. nine episodes, I think. So they're probably going to be like boom, boom, boom. Have you watched the show yet? I haven't. I'm kind of. I think I'm going to wait until the end. It's very good so far. I've heard it's very good, and but I'm going to wait until everything. And the music is great. It, it always surprises me, but it never surprises me that people are like, Phew, "This Trent Reznor guy, this Atticus Ross guy." I'm like, lads, <laughs> <laughs> they're a cut above, okay? And the, some of the music is genuinely phenomenal. But of course, I would think that. And finally, uh, an aforementioned Irish album that is coming very soon: Maya Sophia, her yeah. debut album. Bath time. Amazing been, things at our voices last weekend. She was. She was really, really I've been great. listening to that. It's really fucking good. Yeah, and we'll have her on the show. I have heard soon. that the album is very, very special. It really is, and um, we'll have her on the show. Talk about it very soon. What have you been listening to, mate? Uh, so, following my other voices excursion to Wales to Cardigan in Wales, uh, one of the main people who were performing at the church uh, in Cardigan was Hayden Thorpe, uh, Craig's favorite. Um, uh, and I hadn't properly listened to that album, Diviner, but after. Um, hearing him in other voices um, and doing a lot of driving last weekend, I uh, checked a Diviner and I think it's absolutely incredible. I think Love Crimes is probably my favourite track of the year now. It's actually passed out um, Clairo's Bags. Wow. Uh, Don't spoil the end of the year shows, um, man. Uh, spherical <laughs> well, Time. Why change it? The instrumental then, Spherical Time on that record is fucking beautiful. Yeah, as well. and, then, and then of course uh, Lancome was um, playing as well and that album is my favourite album of the year, I'd say. Um, and then I listened to an album by Michael Kiwanuka um, with the like the, the album is titled Kiwanuka um, and we were going to review that before Jabe's album came in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an amazing album because I think it uh, is so like out of time. It feels like nothing happened since Motown or like we took a completely different route through pop music and suddenly there's like this album that's time traveled from a different dimension or something. And it's really worth a listen because it's, it's, I'm so freaked by it because it just feels like it doesn't have any of the influences that most people would take. And it's just like, it's got to Motown and then took like random things out of different times and then like, completely just landed on this earth out of nowhere which mm-hmm. I think is amazing think it's, it's cool. excellently put together he yeah. was actually my last interview at Electric Picnic this year right. and it was on the Sunday and it was kind of around 8 o'clock and I was very much like I am so done <laughs> I don't want to do anything anymore I just want to go home and I remember being like talking to the PR and being like she was like oh he's just come in he's just in the dressing room and I was like I was like, yeah, if he doesn't want to do it, it's fine. Like, like I literally was just like, it's like he's probably very, it's, it's grand. I was trying so hard to talk myself out of it. 
And he comes along, and wouldn't you know it, he's fucking amazing. And maybe yeah. it was the best interview I did all weekend. Really, yeah. Lovely. Is he a star? Um, if he's a star, it's incredibly unassuming. Okay. I mean, he's a star in that, like, I think he's very cool and charismatic. Yeah. And obviously, as a performer and uh, as a songwriter, really fucking next level. Yeah. Uh, when he when he gets going in, the, in those directions. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know who he is, by the way, uh, you might know him from the theme tune to Big Little Lies, that show that was on, uh, This Cold Heart, which is the, like is the opening track on that previous record, which is another great record. It's 10 fucking minutes long, and then you get the cut-down version for the HBO show. Amazing song. Is he a star? That's a very interesting question. I think he can be. I think people are pushing him in that direction to be so. Yeah. But but he's not an extrovert, I don't think. I mean, and certainly when talking to him, he was just a really normal, funny, nice, warm yeah. guy. Like, he really was just cool. I was like, oh, man, I'd actually love to chat to you in a non-on-camera interview yeah, because, yeah. like, this is fine. But, you know me, like, my fucking, like, what gets me fucking off is long-form written pieces. So I think if you hung out with him for a couple of hours, you'd probably find something really compelling. Yeah, no, it's a great record. And again, it's like, we're the, the la- is the latter half of the year usually good for music? Because this feels good lately. Well, yeah. It's, Irish it's, and Obviously, they, like, if somebody has something done, they have to wait until the end of the summer because of all the festivals. And okay, then, yeah, like, yeah. So that's why it's always... That's why you waited, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah. interesting. There um, you go. Some insight for you. This album sounds very Ivor Novello. <laughs> it does, yeah. I would describe it as it's a less Brit Award, Ivor. more Ivor Novello. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. the big one. You can put that in the box from No Encore. Perfect. Yeah, uh, you chose <laughs> our exit music this week. Yeah, I did. Uh, it just I came out today, I think. Um, so Amac, uh, who I'm sure most of our listeners know, is a, um, an Irish artist from Burr. Um, she released a track uh, called Intro, uh, Release Yourself which is from a upcoming debut album, which will be out in early 2020. Sorry, did you say she's from Burr? Yeah. She's not from the dock. Oh, is she from the dock? Okay, so her bandmates she's are from, from Dundalk. Burr. Wow, so it's like <laughs> yeah. a it's like a, a, a collaboration between Dundalk and Burr. She's is from that, Rival that 10 Dundalk. Sorry, her, her lovely uh, drummer Peter is from, yes. from Burr. Yes, Aifa is from Dundalk. Aoife is from And Dundalk. even though I'm from okay. Drada, we get on just fine. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, okay, yeah, well, we get on. Good. It's grand. We, we, peace treaty. Sorry, excuse me now. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I, I had don't know if that's insulting. What is? Yeah. Let's talk about the song. The song is absolutely incredible, and um, I think it's really, really special, and it makes me really, really exciting for this upcoming What's record. What's it called? It's called Intro Release Yourself, mm-hmm. um, and she is playing in Iceland Airwaves this week. Um, it, I think she has like one of the slots for KXP, which she is like does, a really, yeah. really big yeah, thing. She does. I said to you uh, when you sent me this, I said, oh, she's Fever Ray now, I see. And I didn't mean that in any kind of disparaging yeah. way. That's why I will say it on mic, because I was like, holy fuck, she's stepped up. But it's like Billie Eilish mixed with Yeah, yeah, she's stepped up. Like, listen, uh, anyone who's seen AMAC Live, especially in the last couple of years. if you want to talk about a star. Fucking hell. I mean, and stuff she did with Laboom recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredible performer, incredible mover. Someone yeah. who obviously clearly has like, studied dance and performance and does it incredibly well. And yeah, this track feels, I think she when she put it out on Twitter she said something like you know uh, this is like the next step or something so and it, and it really like feels it like really it, yeah. Does, yeah. so with that in mind we'll play us out with AMAC intro release yourself my name is Dave Hanready his name is Dahi Odroni and there was no encore Release yourself 
is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.